Welcome to the Wake Forest University Department of Counseling podcast. I'm Dr. Bob Nations, and I'm here with my colleague, Dr. Shannon Warden. Excellent. Um, Shannon and I were talking about some uh, interests that we have, some passions we have about spirituality and religion in counseling, and that's going to be our topic today. It is, Bob. I know you and I have spent a lot of time talking on this, and we've presented on it. It's something we, you know, we'll have students come to us and, you know, say, hey, I see in your um, Vita that you are interested in spirituality. Uh, Bob, they'll see that you have Mm -hmm. a divinity degree. Um, They see of both of us that we're practicing and and consulting with churches. And so we get a lot of um, students and community folks who are interested in knowing how, how that works for us. Um, because you know Wake's program is a is a secular program. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily a uh, uh, it doesn't specialize um, in the training mm-hmm. of faith based counselors. And yet we inevitably get a lot of students who are interested in faith based counseling or mm-hmm. who themselves are faith based. Exactly. Um, exactly. And so you know Bob and I talk a lot too. In fact, we were just talking about a cervix um, competencies in spiritual and religious. Uh, counseling mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, so that's that can be something too that we talk about Bob just how do we um, come from a place of passion around this topic but also recognizing the need to be competently um, training and competently practicing in that area mm-hmm. and uh, one of the things that's um, um, you know Shannon as you're saying that the students will have an interest in that and they'll, they'll, they'll seek us out um, and also, it's, it's a way that we talk about, I know you and I do, about how we identify ourselves in our counseling roles at times, what is it we, we offer. Um, and sometimes, in, in the past, I had worked in a, in a church setting, a, a counseling center there, so folks would come in with some expectation uh, that, count, that their, their spiritual belief would be part and included in, in the counseling role as well. Um, I'm not in that role as much now. I'm certainly in consulting with, with congregations and religious bodies and such, but uh, uh, my identity has shifted a little bit in, in the counseling role, but yet it's still part of who I am and what I bring. I'll always check with folks when they come in. And many folks are referred to me because they know that, um, that um, I have some um, training and some some expertise in the area of integrating spirituality and they'll want to include that but if they don't one of the things I'll always say is that um, you guide me in letting me know how important spirituality is how much you'd want to include or not in our counseling sessions so mm-hmm. when sometimes when we look at being generalists and being in the in the, in the community that's what I'll talk to our students about yeah about their level of how they introduce themselves how mm-hmm. they identify themselves and also look at the spirituality as um, you know if it's not something that's significantly important to them or identified as a presenting issue to at least use that as an uh, area of an assessment to see mm-hmm. if it's a source of support um, of comfort or conflict with mm-hmm. folks that are coming in yeah to be able to talk about that is very important I it think is. for all counselors just being sensitive to the client's mm-hmm. needs and what they're Um, their interests are which as you're saying it may or may not include spiritual or religious conversation or um, or whatnot and so um, that's similar for me actually alongside my full-time work at Wake Forest I've got a small practice through our church here Mm -hmm. locally and usually see you know five or six people a week there and um, we see church members and non-church members Mm -hmm. and so my 
training as a generalist and my desire to be um, receptive to all, similar as what you're saying there, Bob. And this fits with the acervic comp- competencies as well. Um, listeners may want to just Google that, acervic, A-S-E-R, acervic, V-I-C, there it is, that, acervic. That's it, yes. Um, but essentially that's the uh, counseling uh, bodies, um, the competencies, yeah, mm-hmm. for Division spiritual. It's one of the divisions. Of, oh, exactly. I'm, I'm a member. Um, are you a member, too? I have been. Have been, okay. But in this moment, I'm not. Okay. I feel... I feel judged. Ah. <laughs> no I'm judgment here. No judgment here. I'm just kidding. You but know, it but is a division of the American Counseling it Association. It uh, is. So. Um, and so, you know, um, but in the church, I'll have folks who come, again, as non-members or members. They don't necessarily um, ascribe to my particular belief system mm-hmm. or even to our church as a whole as, as, a, as a belief system. But that's where I think it's a good model for some folks or a good um, reminder to some folks that, and, and it goes in with what you're saying, that we really need to be open to whatever the client is bringing and we don't need to put our values on them or, exactly. or belief systems. And it really does open up when we don't go in with a prescribed idea of here's how we're going to approach this work exactly I mean we all have our training of course and we have some you know our own personal ties to various theories but um, it really does open up the possibilities in counseling there between us and the client when we can be open to whatever their experience is and uh, really talking from a you know a little bit broader um, place or broader life experience so um, but anyway, so, you know, I'll have people come in uh, to my office at the church and um, they'll say things or, you know, occasionally curse or that kind of thing. And they'll say, I'm so sorry, I'm in a church. And I'm like, <laughs> nope, that's okay, you know. Um, so anyway, I think I think clients as well have some curiosity about what do we um, think about them and how are we maybe thinking th- uh, about them through a, a religious lens in yes. particular. So um, so these are, these are, you and I talk a lot with students about this, that, um, you know, yes, you've got um, your own value system, and it's important to you. It is, it is my worldview, quite mm-hmm. honestly. I, I can, mm-hmm. for myself, name my own as, as Christianity, and mm-hmm. Bob, I believe you would say the same. Yes. And, um, but this really would fit um, any of the faith uh, systems or faith uh, viewpoints in the world, that whatever your um, place or, or viewpoint on spirituality and religion is, um, it doesn't have to be um, that that's the only you know, lens. And so that, that client is maybe themselves bringing a different lens and you want to avoid making some presumptions there about how it is they see the world. So these are some of the things mm-hmm. we talk to students about. It is, it is. Yeah. And, and also have them to be aware of, and as you said too, is not to um, infuse their own beliefs and expectations where clients' beliefs may may differ, right. and even within with like within Christianity, you know, there'll be various levels of how folks will react and respond to certain situations. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm working with some couples that at times go through um, conflict in their marriage and they're considering divorce, and one of the avenues that they tend to travel down is how does this affect their religious beliefs and many of them say is that I don't believe in divorce it's not part of my belief so sometimes folks will even try to eliminate that as an option based upon their religious mm-hmm. religious beliefs and yeah. some folks will struggle with that if they do I just was divorce. reading something yeah. on social media this weekend and um, there was some criticism of a pastor I don't know where I'm and doesn't matter I guess but I'm you know a pastor of a large church you had said something uh, to a, a woman um, about not leaving a relationship, and the husband um, 
I don't, and again, I don't know the specifics here. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to kind of make a broader point, but there was some abuse. And hmm. um, this is in line, you know, there with what you're talking about with um, marriage and divorce and maybe some people's beliefs around that. Um, and there was some criticism of, of this pastor of why did you not tell her to get out of that marriage mm-hmm. or, or to at least separate? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, for us as counselors, and that's that person, you know, as a pastor, and, you know, I'm, I'm not a pastor. I don't know what that is like, but I know for myself and I know of, of my pastor, that's not something that we would encourage women to do or, oh, or yes. men, for that matter, who are in abusive relationships to stay in those relationships and it's not to say to dissolve the marriage i don't know those get into more complicated questions but um but certainly for safety purposes there does need to be some separation and mm-hmm. and so again i don't know i'm not giving the full details of that story and it's not my intent it's just mostly to throw out a general um you know uh, a general occurrence you know and, and something for us as counselors to think about again back mm-hmm. to your main point of really watching mm-hmm. um our value systems and and really then merging those value systems within the uh, counseling professions code of ethics. Code of ethics, absolutely. You know, that's yeah. a, that's a rub for some students. They come in and they say, "Well, I can't do this," mm-hmm. you know, I, or "I won't do that." And um, you know, we are a diverse society, and we increasingly, and for us as counselors, I think we have to be a, you know, an important voice in that conversation. How do we merge values and professional ethics? And um, you know, that's something that students need to be thinking about as they're entering into the counseling profession, you know, looking at those codes of ethics. Mm-hmm. Um, how can I practice ethically, competently within these ethics that are accepted by the body, you know, mm-hmm. the profession of counseling? Um, but still, there is room. I want to say to students, there's definitely room to maintain your values. Nobody's saying, hey, sure. well, let, let your values go. No. Um, but we are, we are saying you're going to have to find, as Bob and I have found and continue to find, the right balance yeah. of values and ethical practice. There's got to be some critical, what we're talking about is some critical exploration of how your values may intersect and be comfortable with the code of ethics, and it sometimes may not be comfortable. How do you make some strong clinical uh, decisions? How do you make spiritual decisions when sometimes they they're, may feel like they're at odds? I know you and I both are doing practicum, teaching practicum this semester concluding with that. And it's not unusual for um, to us for us to have religious dis- discussions because students who are beginning the practicum will encounter folks, in particular where we are regionally in uh, North Carolina, southern part of the states, which is a highly religious um, area, geographically speaking. And um, they'll come up with some uh, the last a question, and one of the the your clients will say. Well, I believe, or God tells me to this, or my church does this, and so they'll, they'll automatically introduce, even without the students uh, introducing the topic. Right. And so we, we talk about, well, what do you do? How do you feel about that? How comfortable do you feel about that? Some are very comfortable, and some are going, it threw me. So, and that's really interesting to talk with our students about that and see how, how they, they, they react and respond to that. And so that's part of the ethical piece as well, but also just to be aware of your own beliefs. It is. And well, that's in every area. but. It yeah. comes forth particularly, too, in, in the religious, spiritual realms. It does. I'm yeah. thinking about my atheist friends as well. Sure. That in itself is an important viewpoint, and that you may find in yourself as you're speaking or counseling with someone who says God or my beliefs or my faith, and that person who does not believe in God or has their own you know, other faith system, they, too, are having to 
think on these same things, the same ideas that you and I are talking about. Of, mm-hmm. Am I annoyed? Right? Check yourself. Am, am I annoyed with this person? Am I dismissing this person mm-hmm. um, because of their belief system? So it's it's not always um, just the overly, I guess, quote unquote, o- overly religious um, who might need to heed these types of conversations or be encouraged by them. But it's it's for sure the folks who are not necessarily religious either, mm-hmm. um, who are po- um, possibly even you know, uh, I don't know. I'm just going to say because it, it is out there. This this anti-religion. You sure. Know, I think that we, sure. Yes. It's hard to capture everybody on a continuum, but wherever you're at on a continuum, as a as a student or a practitioner, um, this this is an important topic. Um, ethical practice while still you know being true to your value system. And I'd say being true, um, but not um, locked into that value system. That's mm-hmm. one of the things counseling does for all of us and, and religion and spirituality for that matter. They continue, if, if we really are practicing these things and growing in these things, they continue to stretch us. How do we see people, mm-hmm. receive people, um, accept and, and learn from people? Um, so it's, it's a great challenge for uh, students, for us as practitioners as well, to continue to find ways to blend our professional training. Um, I talk about loving people, Bob, so mm-hmm. that, that might be a little creepy for some, but I think if you all know me and you know my heart, it's, hey, how do we love? How do we accept people? Mm-hmm. Um, how do we sure. reach out, build bridges, those kinds of things you're, you know, probably, you know, accustomed, people are accustomed to hearing. But, um, you know, this, for me, uh, spirituality and religion have been a great way to build bridges with people. Mm-hmm. So while, you know, we all need to be concerned with competent practice, um, I want to encourage uh, students and other practitioners that there's a great these are great ways of, of reaching people as well um, you know through whatever your yes. you know value systems are mm-hmm. make it makes a difference it yeah. does it does hey we ought to say on a practical level um, so Bob is a uh, you know has has been a minister uh, Bob are you are you currently pastoring a church uh, part-time yeah yes yeah so yeah. Um, and then I also have a, a private you know or a small practice through through the church as I mentioned and um, I, what I want to say to students or practitioners who are listening to this is that counseling is such a cool profession that you really can, um, by choice, work two or three places to satisfy your mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. Um, needs for, you know, whatever, for flexibility, creativity, autonomy, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, some folks may not have thought of that. Oh, I could do that. I would love to do that. Um, mm-hmm. Perhaps, you know, having a small practice or, you know, working within a church mm-hmm. so um, mm-hmm. or you know, their community agency. I mean, there are a lot of possibilities for counselors. So, uh, students get excited about that. Practitioners, if you're mm-hmm. feeling a little tired or burned out in your current, uh, you know, work life, consider maybe some other possibilities to offset, um, you know, or to supplement what it is you're doing. And that, that's for me what counseling in the church does. It really does help supplement not only the clinical piece, but the spiritual piece as well mm-hmm. that I wouldn't necessarily have as much of in my teaching role. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And that's that's something that's really nice about um, the the counseling field, and in particular with our graduates, is to find out their areas that they go into that uh, can utilize their their gifts, their skills, their training in a diverse area. Mm-hmm. Um, even though you know I'm uh, part time pastoring a church, but I I take on churches that are going through conflict, yeah. transitions, um, having a difficult time, um, can't get along. Um, and acting like people, acting like people, and 
And it's really nice to go in and, and bring some of my clinical skills yeah. into uh, looking at ways that um, also biblically and spiritually they're asked to, to uh, be united as a church and what the church means. So we talked some about that. Mm. And then to be able to come in and say, you know, well, how can we relate to each other with empathy, with positive regard, unconditional positive regard? And those certainly can translate into the, the biblical, the belief principles that help them look at developing relational covenants and relating to each other. And that's something that I, I truly enjoy working with folks to help them mm-hmm. try to build healthy boundaries, healthy relationships. And that's what we do in counseling. Yeah. And so it's just so easily translated into my work in doing the, the, the churches in transition, churches in conflict. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just on that subject, uh, some of the major world uh, uh, belief systems, faith systems, the principles that they uh, espouse, they definitely integrate, you know, mm-hmm. um, into the ethical guidelines that we practice by as exactly. counselors. So there is a lot of overlap. Uh, some people would be surprised maybe to know that. And mm-hmm. um, and then there are some places where there's not overlap, so that goes back to our previous conversation. But I hope um, I hope listeners are thinking, hey, there's possibilities there. Lots of, uh, a lot of and, options, and fact, yes. Bob, I mean, as I was listening, you're not only talking about clinical, you're talking about group counseling mm-hmm. and consulting. Um, so there are a lot of possibilities uh, in this um, field of counseling. And probably ought to put in a plug here for the Department of Counseling, Bob. Exactly. This is, uh, you know, we've got our um, master's in clinical mental health counseling, our master's in school counseling. These are offered online and on campus. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're proud of our programs. Um, you know, we, uh, these are things that we're, things that Bob and I are talking about today. You and I are talking about are things that we're teaching students and encouraging students around. And um, so we, you know, always encouraging folks to give a look at those uh, online master's programs and Absolutely. campus programs mm-hmm. that we have, um, clinical mental health counseling and school counseling. Mm-hmm. So, all right, Bob, I think, I think we've done it again. I think so. Right. Sounds good. Good talking to you. You too. Thank you.